Set your phasers to sexy To another episode of True North Nerds. Yay! This week, uh, we finish off two series in one episode with the uh, our quick reviews on the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier and the end of season one of Invincible. Which, as always, we have to go around and find out who's actually here. We have Ryan. Good evening. We have Kevin. Hi. And we have Jen. Hello. So uh, let's go with what we do at the start of every episode and talk about the news. Ryan, what's in the news this week? A very delicious glass of Kool-Aid is in the news. Mmm. <laughs> Okay, let's start with some big trailers. Who watched the Shang-Chi trailer this week? I did. did. And what did everyone think? It's shiny. (laughs) It's going to be the Marvel Kung Fu movie. Yep. Like, like I'm curious to see what else comes out of it, but it, it looks good. Um... My my interest is more in the fact that we're going to see kind of like Doctor Strange. It's not so much the character, and don't get me wrong, I I like Shang Chi, but it's more in the the new sort of area of the Marvel universe we're going to get out of this. Yeah, the spotlight right. on that corner of the world. Yeah, mm. I like and the he, new interpretation of the Ten Rings. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a cool idea. Yeah, I think that'll be good too, and and I wonder if we'll see the Ben Kingsley Mandarin in this movie. I hope so. I hope so too. Or at least find out what happened to him after he was kidnapped by the real Mandarin. Yeah, yeah. That was so long ago. I totally forgot that even happened. Well, that's the thing is, it's not even. It wasn't even in Iron Man three. It was when we, they were still doing those shorts on like yeah. the DVDs. So, that was so long ago. I don't even remember it happening. <laughs> how many? I would venture a guess in like Iron Man three is probably the least remembered of those Marvel movies. Would you not say? Um, from then, I would agree. Which yeah. is also, but it's a pity because it's. I know upon the first viewing, I it was not one of my favorites. I kind of felt let down. But that's because, you know, it was the first one post-Avengers, so you're expecting more because it's the first one after the first Avengers. Yeah. But after some time and, re- and you know, going back and re-watching it, it holds up a lot better than, 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 you, than you might think. Mm. And but the it, whole, like, Tony's got PTSD and his mm. dealing with that. 
you got uh well the 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 not really Mandarin story part of it, which was a real shock. Yeah, and like, but at the same time, is like, I wonder how many people like if you just asked would be able to tell you the plot of Iron Man three. Oh, exactly. <laughs> well, how many people even saw the the short? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, because it was like I said, it was on the Blu-ray and the DVD. And that was kind of it. Like, I don't. Did it come are those shorts available? I uh, thought it came oh, with maybe it was movie. on something else. Yeah, maybe it was on whatever the next movie was. Yeah, because that's yeah. usually how those happened. I I don't remember when that came out. Yeah. Are those and, are those shorts available on Disney Plus? I don't know. I have I've never looked. Yeah. Uh, it's something I'll have to look into. Well, let's take a look. <laughs> well, Kevin well, looks into that. Kevin's looking. Keep going. Uh, okay, we also had our first look at Chris Pratt's uh, next movie. This first that he's produced. Uh, it's for Amazon. It's called Tomorrow War. I posted that trailer on on oh, Facebook. Yeah. Did anybody check that one out? Yeah, I watched it, but honestly, I don't remember anything about it. Well, it was just a teaser, um, and pretty much it's just, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a f- big, flashy, sci-fi, you know, fight against aliens type of movie, which we all know is right up my alley, so I'm going to watch it. I'll probably watch it. I just don't remember anything about it, so I'm not really excited. Okay, here's what I found out. Those shorts are on Disney Plus, but you have to search for them and you have to know where they are. For example, under Iron Man 3 Extras is the Marvel one shot oh, okay. Agent Carter. Hmm. So you so have it, to know you have to know where uh, where it is. Yeah. So which movie pretty much it came out with to be able to find it in the extras. Exactly. So Mm-hmm. Oh, and so it was on the home release of Thor: The Dark World. But I do not oh, see it there. No, or at least that's what Wikipedia is saying. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure it's on there somewhere. What was it called? Yeah. Uh, Hail to the King. Hail to the. King. What are you writing it out? I'm <laughs> typing it into the Disney Plus search bar. Oh. Yeah, and it is not. It is. It does not appear to be here. Oh, hmm. interesting. Uh, okay, so the next one then uh, we got our first look at Sweet Tooth, the upcoming Netflix series. Yeah. Okay, that one I am intrigued about because I've never read Sweet Tooth. All I've ever seen is the the cover, so okay. I have no idea what it's about. And yeah. then I watched oh, okay. the trailer and I was like, oh, I, I, I kind of want to read it. <laughs> so, in a nutshell, just like the trailer shows, it's a world where all of a sudden, it's kind of two things happen. There's like the, the you know, there's like uh, I guess. Uh, like a fight or like a like a war, and there's also people start giving birth to hybrids. 
So there's like something that's gone ahead, I guess, and infect, infected the gene pool, more or less. And uh, so there's like, and there's a war, and you know, society falls, and and you have half breed children running around. They're so cute. <laughs> uh, Jen, if you so ever want to actually read it, I have uh, I've got the the run in trades. Oh yeah, I'd love to borrow those from you. She has to finish Invincible first. I have yeah. to finish Invincible. It was the it was just after the first trade came out that we met that I met who went with us to Hamilton. We we were all there. We went to Hamilton to Big B Comics there, and Jeff Lemire was doing a signing, and he drew Little Sweet Tooth in the in the copies that I bought that day. I don't think we were all there. I think it was just you. No, nope, I didn't go. Yeah, it was just you. It was you and uh, and Pete. And Pete, that's right, it was Pete. So that is my connection to Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Well, that's the first time I I had anything to do with Sweet Tooth. I remember buying like their last copy to get them to sign it. So it's also kind of amazing to like think of like how big his career has kind of gotten since then. Yeah. Like Yeah. yeah. And also the, the last time I saw him was in a completely unrelated capacity. I saw him oh, at really? the uh, at the Ripley Aquarium. Oh, nice! Yeah, like as we were leaving, I'm like, "Shit, that's Jeff Lemire." <laughs> he was there with his family or something, I guess. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, we got some casting news. Amelia Clark has been cast in Secret Wars. The upcoming oh, yeah. Disney Plus Does she say as who? No. That's a secret. Well, even her, her casting hasn't been 100% confirmed yet. Uh, are you sure? Yeah, it's it's along the lines of all the other Marvel castings. It's like, yeah, it probably happened, but they're not saying it did. Oh. Uh, I've seen well, like enough spots that night. We, and Tatiana Mes- Messalini as She-Hulk. It's like ninety nine percent sure it's happening, but well, this other casting has been finally confirmed. Um, it was confirmed that Michael Keaton will be appearing as Batman in the Flash movie. You know, if that movie actually happens, this uh, came out of his his own uh, from some of his own people. This one, I think I want to say the Flash has actually started filming, so. If it yeah, has, it can I, I don't still go has, sideways. If it has, but... it's good. But either way, be, okay, cool. I hope it has because this is one of those movies that's like been back and forth, delayed, delayed, delayed. Mm. Believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, much like any movie, really, at this point. Um, yeah. It just it just started filming like uh, earlier this month. Okay. Cool. Uh, and so with the finale of Captain America and Winter Soldier, we get the now story that uh, the show writers are apparently writing a Captain America 4. Yes. Woo! So did you guys all hear that the way Anthony Mackie found out about Captain America 4 was that somebody tweeted it at him, that he had no idea until <laughs> until it got leaked out on the internet? That's funny. No, I hadn't heard that. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> occasionally oh, that that's how that machine job. works 
Uh, the one thing yeah. I did hear I was there was a, a something like a quote from one of those show writers who was like made a comment about how people would be very surprised at how many unannounced Marvel movies are being worked on right now. Mm. 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 <laughs> and so moving on to other movies we might get in the future, uh, Godzilla and Kong director Adam Wingard is in talks with Legend to direct the next installment of in the in the MonsterVerse. Mm. And I think Mothra. it's a good... Maybe, who knows? Uh, the one title I saw kicked around was Son of Kong. Son of Kong. I knew that Godzilla and Kong would get into a relationship at the end of it. <laughs> well, maybe it was Mothra. <laughs> but uh, I guess but part of that is, you know, I guess there was a Son of Kong back Original in back in the uh, like in the seventies or something, uh, and then the one thing uh, I read something. I guess it's it's surpassed uh, something like the surpassed the four hundred million mark or some one of these marks where it's like it's one of the best uh, uh, prof, uh, yeah taking the most tickets like during the pandemic era for a theatrical run or something like that. Yeah. Uh. Good for Which it. doesn't surprise me because it's like the only movie that's been out recently right, that's been that's done anything. Hmm. It'll win an Oscar. There you go. Uh, we got some Jeff Goldblum news. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be playing an elf spellcaster searching for his daughter's locket in an upcoming D and D podcast called Dark Dice. I love how much Jeff Goldblum is just living his best life. So is he playing Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, that's it's going to be a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Well, okay. yeah, it, but the write up almost made it sound like it, it's a game. It's uh, it's a live action, like a live D and D podcast. Like they're playing the game, but it almost sounded like he is going to be like voicing an NPC as opposed to actually playing with them. Mm. Oh, see, that's not the way I read the one article no. I read. It's okay. like he was one of the like, the main characters. And, yeah, we'll uh, see. Yeah, no. I, I really hope it's him rolling dice and trying to figure <laughs> out which spells to use. Because well, they could Jeff do, to... do that shit is yeah. like I'm in. Yeah. Now they could <laughs> they could always edit in a way where that stuff gets edited out and it just. Where you don't have the rolling of the dice part or the what am I doing here now or you know yeah because it did say something about it being you know the uh, an improv evolu- uh, you know uh, story that'll be evolving and blah 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 like D and D is but uh, yeah like I said it'd be really, it would very be it'd be very interesting if it's him going um am I can I can I do this here and yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we all don't realize it, but he's like a hardcore D and D guy and knows all of them, everything, all the ins and outs already. Anyway, and he oh, could be. And would that really be surprising? No, not at this <laughs> point. Like at this point, was like, nah. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. So, uh, Fox Entertainment and Warner Brothers Animation announced. A Flintstones sequel yes. called Bedrock. Yes. It will be set 20 years after the original series. 
Uh, 20-something Pebbles is trying to forge her own path, while Flintstone's patriarch Fred is on the verge of retirement. Uh, Elizabeth Banks will be voicing Pebbles, as well as producing the series. Now, didn't Elizabeth Banks, was she in one of the live-action Flintstones movies? Or am I thinking of a different Elizabeth? Who played Wilma in the first Uh, Flintstones movie? Oh, that was um, Elizabeth Perkins. Elizabeth Perkins. Yeah. I have no idea why I know that. (laughs) I think you can look it up. Hey, that's a deep cut, dude. Like, you, where'd you pull that from? Or at least Elizabeth Banks directed some of the Pitch Perfect movies, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's been another. She's an actress as well. I love yeah, Elizabeth and she's Banks. the host she's of funny. Pressure Luck right now, the game show. Oh, is she? She is. I really that's... like her as an actress. She's very yeah, she's, good. I, I'm she's... just. I don't know about a. a you know, married with children type of Flintstones. If that's where the direction it goes in. I mean, I'd give it a shot. Well, I mean, classic Flintstones was the Honeymooners. Yeah. So why not make a 21st century Flintstones based on uh, something else? Yeah, that's why I was like, I'll give it a shot. But I'm like, I don't know. Not everything needs to be redone and revamped and updated and rebooted. But... I'm just trying to figure out what kind of animals will represent the internet in uh, the 21st century Ed Rock. (laughs) I'm glad it's not... It's it's animated, you said, right? So they're not doing live action? Yeah, no, no, it's going to be animated. It's going to be part of the Sunday Night Fox animation block, I think. Yeah, it's going to be another... I would have been more concerned if it was live action. Then I've been like, no, 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 no. Does does that mean it renders like all those straight-to-video movies now are not canon in the Flintstones universe? Like the ones where Pebbles and Bam Bam grew up and got married and stuff? And weren't they in a band, like a monkey-style band? In the 70s, there was the Pebbles and Bam Bam show. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they went to high school together and started a band. More like the Archie. I really hope they reference that. <laughs> well, let's be fair. Like every Hanna Barbera cartoon at the time had in a, a band. band. Exactly. <laughs> I remember Pebbles and Bam Bam's band for some reason. I don't know why. I've never been a huge Because they let the sunshine in. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, there's a good cut from Ryan. It's a very deep cut. <laughs> And meanwhile, we have listeners who are, like, in their 20s wondering what the hell we're even talking about at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's the Flintstones? Pretty much. Uh, but the live-action Flintstones movie with John Goodman and Rick Moranis was awesome. It was. Yeah, the first one was good. The others... Yeah, then it got bad. But the first one was awesome. Yeah. And uh, was it Mark Addy played Fred, I think, in the second one? Um, maybe the, the that's like it was a prequel before prequels were trendy. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was a straight to video. <laughs> Viva Rock. I Vegas. don't think it was though. I think it's nope. one of those movies that seems like it should have been, but I think it got a theatrical release. Was Halle Berry in the first one or the second yeah, one? Yeah, first one. First she was one. the evil, the evil boss person. Well, she oh, was the secretary was... for the evil boss. Right. That's such a good movie. I should find played that by, movie. Played by Twin Peaks, Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin. 
like within the span of five years, he was in Showgirls and Flintstones. <laughs> okay, so I've got three more news pieces of news here. Okay. We have, so I guess what I'm trying to think, one's good, one's bad, and one's, ah. Uh. <laughs> okay. What do you want first? The good, the bad, and the, uh. Let's, yeah. go, with the, let's go with the bad. Let's That's start off bad and end on a good note. How about that? Disney is closing almost all of their Disney score, stores across North America, including every single one of them in Canada. Ooh. Yeah, that's sad. So I hope they you, make shipping to Canada reasonable. Yeah, I just the well, like I was I posted in our thread. It'd be nice if they had a .ca and yeah. and shipped out yeah. of Canada, so we wouldn't have to pay duties and taxes and crazy shipping to, and wait forever for something to come up from the states. Yeah, I don't understand why certain stores do that because I mean there's. There's a couple of, like, there's clothing stores that have Canadian stores, but their website is U.S. shipping. Well, like, they will ship to Canada, but it's free shipping mm. to store in the U.S. only. Yeah. And it's, like, $50 flat rate shipping to Canada. And I'm like, yeah. why can't you just ship it to your Canadian stores, too? It, it bugs pro- me. Probably comes down to it's the distribution network, right? The stuff that yeah, comes, that you're still. buying from the web store in the states comes from the American distribution and or one American warehouse, whereas in Canada they probably have a different distribution setup and don't and it's not connected to the web to the to a website or they're you know that, and, and that's probably the reason why there's a lot you know a lot of these stores don't have Canadian arms of their website because they don't have a main Canadian warehouse. Yeah. to be sell- selling their shit out of. Mm. Yeah, but I also feel like it's 2021. People have been, been online shopping for, what, at least a decade, if not longer at this point. Mm-hmm. They should have this stuff figured out. They should know that other countries exist, and if they want to s- sell their product, they should make it easy for people around the world, if you're going to have it on the World Wide Web, be able to access your product. Oh, but it is easy. About... It's just a couple. It's just a couple clicks. It's not their fault that no, you have to I pay mean, more. It is their fault because they don't set it up. The distribu- no, they don't set up the distribution that's, properly. That's the mailman and the government. Not yes. their fault. Yeah, well, I I kind of go with Jen on some of these a little bit. Like there there are two huge retailers that I can name right off the top of my head in Canada whose websites are absolutely fucking awful and have, like, with the amount of money these stores make, but those there's ones probably... no reason for them to be. So you're saying Walmart and Toys R Us? Yep. No, Walmart and EB. Okay. Toys but... R Us is kind of close, but... But those ones do have Canadian websites, and they are set up because they have... Well, EB is a Canadian store. Um of the Canadian version of the store, so it has its own website. But you know, I, think, I can think of, uh, like, Hot Topic. Not that yeah, we all shop Hot Topic's Hot, another Hot Topic. one. They don't have a Canadian store on the on Canadian website. If you want to order it, but they you ship to order to Canada. online. They ship to Canada, pay? but you got to pay for extra shipping. Yeah, but shipping. they also have, but they do have a decent shipping rate compared to Torrid, which is the clothing store I like, which is the same company as Hot Topic. 
Yeah. And I know that when I ordered that, or when I got my a present ordered for me from Disney, uh, from the Disney store, yeah, like my parents or my, my mom had to pay uh, you know, duty on it or tariffs on it before uh, they would deliver it. So I said, so you have to pay extra. Yeah, it sucks. Like I'm saying, I I hope they put the Disney store in Canada. I wish more site more more stores did it. I understand why they don't, because that means you have to have a place where your product is is stored, mm-hmm. managed, people you know live, working, an infrastructure set up, more you know, so it's more money to go out to have a store in another country. So it comes down to is it you know. Do they think they would be able to make more sales if they had a web presence that was a Canadian store? Or do they already make enough money off of Canadians that are willing to pay the extra taxes and the shipping? And so it's like, eh, who cares? Mm. Yeah. No, they're shutting down the stores. So they, who knows, right? They, they, may, they may, but it's Disney. And they know people will buy their stuff and... Yeah, the mouse, will a, get, the mouse will get its money in the end either way. It's an announcement that doesn't surprise me too, too much. Like, I, I I feel that there's going to be a couple more of these in the next couple of months where because malls are, like, getting hit hard. And if you think you can do just as well without a physical location, they're going to do it because that way they don't have to pay rent to the mall. I'm surprised. I, I, I wonder if if any of the stores that are going to stay open will be outlet stores, um, because you would think a company like Disney would need a place to dump their unsold merchandise. I think they sell them to places like Winners. Disney? I, I don't know if I've ever seen Disney branded stuff at Winners. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah? It's, it's definitely like in the both the toy section and clothing. It's out of date, but yeah, it's there. Yeah, I was just thinking it would be nice to see a like a Disney outlet store show up in a in a mall in a in an outlet mall somewhere. Yeah, but if they're yeah. closing all of their stores except for like the New York Times, no, no, New York Times, New York, well, uh, Times Square in New of, York and things like that. The, like, I'm thinking of uh, outlet stores that sell park merchandise mostly. I know uh, they, they do have two outlet stores in the Orlando area, but there are outlet stores across the country where Disneyland and Walt Disney World merchandise ends up, mm. um, you know, because every now and then you just need a Space Mountain T-shirt or. <laughs> or and the thing that sucks even most is that. Go ahead, Jen. I was going to say the thing that sucks even more is that we can't even take advantage of the going out of business sales. Because no. we can't go to frickin' malls because of the pandemic. Exactly. Or we can't go to the border to, to, like, shop at the Walden Galleria one. Now, not all stores are closing right away. They all, they all, it all depends on what kind of uh, lease agreements the stores already have. Yeah. So they may have to, uh, you know, they'll have to run out their lease. But, so we may still, we may still have time to go to the ones here in, in uh, Ontario. Oh, Disney has enough money to pay the penalties. Well, yeah. It all depends, right? On what they want to do. If it's like a three-year lease agreement and they decide, well, we only want to be here for one, then they'll just buy it out. Yeah. If it's a one-year lease agreement, then, you know, they'll probably just, I can see them just running out the clock, right? 
like you said, it's easier to try to sell that merch in that store than it is to just close the doors and move it someplace else. Now that they don't have anywhere else to move it. Yeah. Right. They they did that with the, when they closed the one the store here in Barrie, right? They did sale after sale each week a little bit more, and then in the end, whatever was left just got shipped to other stores, and there wasn't a whole lot left. Yeah. But uh, I was surprised to hear there was only 18 Disney stores in Canada. And eight of them are in Ontario. Oh, yeah. That that actually doesn't surprise me a little bit just from stuff that I've read on other toy boards. Like people in other provinces are just sort of like it's either way out of the way for them to get to or they just don't really have one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay, so that was the that was the bad news. Yep. What's the good news or the meh news? Okay, well the meh news is uh, Netflix will be uh, making Toronto the home of its Canadian head office. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yeah. Maybe Brent can get a job there. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Netflix, if you're listening, wouldn't put money on it, but it'd be nice. <laughs> And this is their office for new project development, right? Canadian Canadian projects, film projects. Yeah. Which is cool. We need that. Very cool. Yeah. And the uh, the well the 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 good news. So we have uh, an official casting for the HBO Green Lantern series. Oh. Yeah, I saw that pop up today. They have cast They're doing the a Green Lantern series? Yeah, HBO Max is doing a Green Lantern series. Uh, we've talked about it before. And they've cast yeah, sure the role have. of Guy Gardner. And it will be filled by uh, American Horror Story star Finn Whitrock. I have no idea who this guy is because I have never watched American Horror Story in any of those. But, but it's Guy Gardner. I'm Googling him to see if he's cute. I think y'all think he's cute. Yeah, and Guy is oh, supposed to be... Oh, he is cute. Oh, he is pretty cute. Yeah, he's <laughs> supposed to be one of the main characters of the show, I believe, isn't he? Yeah. yeah the he's, last... not, he's not that much younger than me, so it's not, like, gross that I think he's cute. <laughs> um, I was actually just watching a Nerdist video before we started tonight, and... Uh, they were talking about it, and I guess so there's. I didn't. They were talking about a write up about like the premise of the show that I I didn't see, uh, and it sounds like it's going to be taking place. Uh, there'll be a story that span that takes place over multiple time periods, so I don't know if it's going to be one of these things where it's like you see a bit of like one time period, then another time period, and it's all like one of these interwoven stories or something. Mm. But Guy Gardner is supposed to be one of the main one of the main lanterns. Um, and we're supposed to be seeing some stuff with uh, Alan Scott mm. as, a, and he's like a detective or something. And I forget what time period, but uh, Alan Scott was like, you know, I guess in the comics was the first Green Lantern. His Green Lantern ring was more of a magical Green Lantern ring. Yeah, that they, I guess they retconned later to say that it, yeah, it's kind of connects to the Green Lantern power source, but. So he is like one of the Green Lanterns, but not really. And his, at least in the comics, his uh, 
his ring was uh, weak against wood. Yes. Yes, that's a very Golden Age thing. Yeah. Like the sonic screwdriver. It doesn't work against wood. Yeah, exactly. Is Green Lantern the one where there's a guy who's afraid of yellow, or is that different? Well, they're not afraid of yellow, but the, in the comics, they're, they're, you know, the Green Lanterns, their rings uh, had no... Could, were, that was their weakness, was yellow. Was right. yellow stuff. And now, so and you could just huck bananas at him and defeat him. Yeah. No, and that all became down because there was the yellow impurity was was being held captive inside the the main power rate, uh, the main power battery. So when it got out, that yellow uh, weakness went away. So now they don't have a weakness to yellow. Mm-hmm. But I'm then there's a whole yellow Sinestro core, right? So. Well, it's okay if they're wearing yellow, and that's the color that represents them. But to yeah. be frightened of yellow. Well, they I weren't frightened odd. of yellow, but yellow was the color of fear. And it wasn't so much that it frightened them. It's just that if you went up to a Green Lantern and hit him with a yellow baseball bat, he, you know, it's going to get through his force field. He's going to hit. You're going to hit him with a baseball bat. If you throw a banana at him, he's going to get hit by a banana. <laughs> Back to your banana. Because it's yellow. Because it's yellow. So really, all you and do, you do is have... just paint all your bullets yellow and then yep. shoot them. Yep. I could totally be a supervillain in the DC universe. <laughs> well, and I wouldn't have any super intelligent monkeys either. You just have to change <laughs> your name to Gen O. Yep. <laughs> there was a Batman, there was a story called Batman, All-Star Batman, where Batman captures Hal Jordan and locks him in a yellow room and I believe Robin is painted all yellow and is like beating him up and interrogating him because he's yellow and so he's weak against yellow. It's I, it's I, a really weird series that most... never got finished, <laughs> right? Right, Kevin. I think that's one of the most ridiculous mm-hmm. right, things right? in in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sad that that series isn't going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's it for me. I got a couple little things. We all thought that it was going to be a couple of months before the next Marvel show shows up on Disney Plus. That Loki doesn't drop until until June 11th. But I'm here to tell you, friends, that yes, there is another Marvel series that will be debuting on Disney Plus this coming month on May 21st. The first episode of Modoc will be appearing on Disney Plus. Is that the animated one? Yes, That's from the, the, motion the robot, from the robot chicken people. Yeah, that looks funny. <laughs> I think it looks very funny, and I wasn't sure where it was going to end up because it's going to be on Hulu in the States, but it will be on uh, uh, Disney Disney Plus this uh, this month. So I'm yeah, very excited about that. Part of the that. whole Star stuff that we're getting. It will be part of Star, yeah. Uh, you know, there's lots of really cool stuff dropping this month on Disney plus actually um, including I'm sure we all know bad batch debuts tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the day that this episode drops, um, but also shows like American horror story are going to end up on Disney plus uh, this month. So uh, a couple things there to, to keep an eye out for on, on the plus. That's about all I got. 
But I just wanted to let everybody know that Modoc is coming this month because that, that looks very funny. Yeah, and I'm looking Pat forward Oswald. to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading that one or reading, watching that one. Oh, a little tired. <laughs> it's uh, Friday night. Yeah, it's Friday night. And something, something, da, 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 da. And we're old and it's past our bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's start with oldest uh, uh, first and talk about the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, not oh. really too much unexpected in this episode, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I lied. I have one more piece of news. Oh, oh. Jesus, Ryan. No, but Secret it fits. News. It fits. Okay, it fits. Yeah, well, it fits into the next to the second review. Amazon picked up uh, Invincible for seasons two and three before uh, releasing the final episode of the season. Yeah. Did you see the cute Twitter video of Robert Kirkman calling Stephen Yuen? No, I didn't. Mm. It's cute. Okay, I'll have to. And watch totally it. staged. Of course. Like everything on the internet. <laughs> Wait, the internet is staged? Yep. Wow. Next thing you're going to tell me is a reality show isn't reality. Depends on the show. What is reality? <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Off the so rails. In Winter Soldier finale. Um, Why are we singing Spoilers. <laughs> Yep, spoilers. So uh, I don't. I, nothing really unexpected, but still really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the, the way I tweeted about it is as well as I thought it was very comic booky in all the right ways. Mm. Like Sam's speech at the end uh, about uh, being the Black Captain America and like talking about both sides and stuff like that and like like it was perfect but it was very like comic book you know what i mean like i could see the comic book version of that character making that speech i i honestly think anthony mackie in the show was allowed to show off his range so well yeah yeah Yeah. now did anybody watch the making of episode that came out today I have not. No, I didn't even know there yet. was one. I assumed yeah. there was one coming, but I didn't see it. Oh no, it came out today. Now there's a part uh, in it where the uh, one of the writers or the showrunners talks about how they came up with that final speech, and that is pretty much he said it was just him and Anthony Mackie on the phone for like an hour or or more, just kind of going over things and massaging it and wording it so that it. Uh, it felt real to him. Mm. And it'd be something that he would actually say. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like Anthony Mackie. I think I mentioned it in the last yeah. podcast, but um, before this, I only, I don't think I'd only ever seen him in, as, as the Falcon. And I really, I really like that both he and Sebastian Stan got this opportunity to really expand on their characters. Yeah. And like Brent was saying, show their range. It was I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. Um, in the last episode, I mentioned that I didn't feel like the political stuff hangs together all uh, hung together all that well. I'm still not one hundred percent convinced by the politics of the show, but I gotta give it to Mackie and Stan for their performances. Like, you watch this show for those two guys. Uh, they're they're oh, great. Yeah. 
Um, and, and Wyatt Russell. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. And Wyatt, Wyatt Russell was fucking awesome sure. in this show. Sure. Who's that? Uh, the guy who played uh, U.S. US agent. agent. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yes. I, it bugs me how much hate he was getting on the internet. Mm. But it's like, that just hey, means people... he did a good job. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, hey, but even you, still. You don't hate the person. You hate the character. Get, you know, figure it out. Um, I'm still not yeah. convinced. Are we talking? We're talking plot uh, plot points here now. Uh, I'm still to- not totally convinced by Sharon Carter's heel turn. I, I don't get it. Uh, like I, her whole plot seemed like I'm. I'm. I feel like I'm missing part of the explanation as to what's going on with her. So because she's a secret me, scroll, scroll. Yeah, let me throw that at you. We've got. We know we but have. Aren't secret the scrolls the good guys? Yes and no. Not in the comics. Yeah. But there are. There's. There's no other hint. There's no hint of scrolls in this show at all. No, and there doesn't but, need to be until Secret yeah, Invasion when like, it's like, oh, guess who's a scroll? Secret Invasion is two years away. So yeah. they have a why, lot of time why to build Why do scrolls need Earth tech? Maybe it's not the Earth tech they're looking for. Like, it's access to it that will get her into other shit. And to be fair, too, it might not even be that she's a scroll. We don't know what Secret Invasion actually is. And as Jen has pointed out, Scrolls currently are the good guys in yeah. the MCU. It might be just a, a variation on the theme. Like Civil War, the movie, is not Civil War, the comic book. No. It does take themes from it, and, but it isn't the same story. And I think that might be what we're getting with Secret Invasion later on. Or the scrolls have all played us for patsies and we're going to get fucked. <laughs> no, there could be, there could be a faction of good scrolls and there could be some bad scrolls too. Like we don't, you know, just because we saw one team of scrolls in one movie that were good, and then in theory there's some working with with Sam Jackson now, uh, doesn't mean all the scrolls are good. That's no, also okay. True. But hang on, if if she's a, if Sharon is a scroll. And presumably the reason why the Skrulls need, like, they need her to be a Skrull is so that she can get into the CIA. Wouldn't it have been a lot easier to just take over somebody who's already in the CIA than try to have this whole redemption arc with her? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, but why, why would they make her be the Skrull out of everybody? Because they took her because, she, because of her skills and maybe, you know, maybe she was setting herself up as the power broker or, like, but, you know, as someone with influence and everything happened and they're like, oh, OK, well, we'll take over this person. They have these connections. And I mean, it's, you know, we don't know because it may not be it may not be a scroll, but who knows yeah. what the long term plans are because we don't know. Well, it I just, find it more believable that she just turned into the power broker and is selling secrets as much as I don't want that to happen because I like her. I mean, the the reasons that they kind of gave in the show seem more plausible to me than she's a secret skull, scroll. But you know, like she's she's helping out Sam and Bucky, but she's but she's paying Batroc to go after Falcon. You know, she's working with Carly, but she's working with Sam and Bucky to take them down. Like her motivations aren't clear, and I. 
I hope. And, and we don't know where she's going to appear next. My guess, it might not be Secret Invasion. It might be Armor Wars. You know, that's definitely a possibility, especially since it sounds like she's going after weaponry. Yeah. So, I, I again, I, I I still wonder if because of pandemic filming, we lost some stuff uh, plot wise on this show. I I I I like the show. But it rate the storytelling wasn't as strong or focused as WandaVision, I don't think. So um, yeah, no, I would I, agree when, with when that. it comes to ranking Disney Plus series, this will rank below WandaVision for me. I think. Oh yeah, for me too. I'm very curious about is that plague storyline that we've heard may have been part of it and then taken out for obvious reasons. Yeah how much that is to play with the disjointedness of it a little bit. Now, right. has that come out from any of official sources or is that all no. just people talking? Cause in, they don't mention a single thing about that in the making of show. The only thing that they talk about that really threw them off was they had planned on filming in Puerto Rico, uh, and, even after the first yeah. earthquake. And we're actually he- supposed to be heading there the day of the second earthquake. Oh. No, it, it, you're right, Ryan. It could be complete and utter BS, but it would also explain a bunch of things. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I can see it either going the same either way. Um, I don't know how much Disney would advertise the fact that they like completely chopped out a storyline that was in there. <coughs> but at the same time, is like like you said. Why wouldn't they show kind of the adversity that they went through? Yeah. Other than they just might not want to promote the ideas of plague on any of their things. Yeah. <laughs> it's... I'm sure it'll all be clear to us when the next Marvel thing comes out. We'll go, oh, that's why they did that. Uh, well, no, because the next one's Loki. And Loki, I think, is going to be one of the more detached of the the various MCU series. Oh, you the, think? the next time we see well, Sam and Falcon, uh, Sam and, and Bucky will be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's or what I meant. Like the next time we see the people who are part oh, of the show. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Loki, I think, is going to be almost an island to itself because it's kind of like, like WandaVision. Maybe even more so because he's going to be yeah. playing around in the time stream and <laughs> possibly different realities. So. Yeah. They can really do it. the nice thing about that, as far as the show producers are are concerned, is they can kind of get away with doing anything without breaking the MCU. Like yes, they they can like Loki can literally stab Captain America in the face in one of the episodes, and it's like uh, it's a different Captain America from a different timeline. Or what he did, it creates another timeline. Like uh, there's a lot of room to play with fun stuff in there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Loki. I think that's going to be uh, a fun show. Mm. Uh, anybody have any last thoughts on Falcon and Winter Soldier before we continue? Uh, his costume looked great. Yeah, except for the head part. The head well, part what's your problem with the head part? Um, It smooshed his face and his ears and he couldn't turn his head very well. <laughs> Now, it might look that way because they did hundreds of CGI shots to that thing. Mm. Because they made it, 
but they made it in a you know it's made out of real material. So when you turn and they, they and they showed some of the shots. So it's like every time he turned his head, you know, part of it would like buckle open on the side or something, right? Like there'd be a gap, and it's like you know the whole well you know we don't want to see gaps in our superhero costumes. We don't want to be reminded that they're actually made out of real material. <laughs> Just like uh, in the back, there's a the, the way he puts it on. There's like a big velcro a piece that overlaps it. That's you know it's velcroed on uh, that along yeah. the back. That they, you know, they CGI out those seams and stuff because they're like, you know, yeah, we don't want to be reminded that it's held together with Velcro and it's sewn together with stitching. And so if it looks odd at points, it's probably because of the way that they CGI'd it to make it look like it always stuck to his face and stuck to his head. Yeah. If it makes you you feel better, Jen, Nate Milton agrees with you. (laughs) <laughs> I love, like, overall, I love the cost. That's just a small nitpick. Yeah, yeah. I love that Captain America could fly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was like, I was really thrilled for him to get the costume. But, yeah, it looked, he maybe it was because, like you said, it, because it was not fitting properly in real life, because, you know, it's not a comic book. Maybe that's why it looked like Anthony Mackie was moving stiffly in it. Like when he was trying to turn his head, it looked like he was turning his whole body like Michael Keaton in the Batman cowl. Yeah, uh, and that might have been like you said because of the way the costume was designed, and that was probably not easy or possible to fix in in post or with CGI. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I had a thought, but now it's gone. So I think we I sneezed it away. Yeah. <laughs> I had Our, thoughts too, but honestly, we watched the show a long time ago. Now I don't remember what any of them were. Oh, it's uh, been a long week. I think this show did action better than almost anything I've ever seen on television. I like the way Sam uses the new costume. I like the wings as shield and the and, yes. and how he how he plants himself by by drilling the wings down into the ground. I thought that was was a very nice touch. Um, yeah. I would watch a whole sitcom about um, Bucky hitting on Sam's sister and (laughs) living on the bayou. Uh, I I would watch that show. Um, Like, call it a new threes company, but with Sam, Sarah, and and Bucky. I would watch that. And the kids. kids. (laughs) Yeah. The kids hanging off the arm. I I just... you can just picture uh, Bucky singing "Come and Knock on My Door," and in the background you have Sam going, "Stay away from my sister." <laughs> well, I, I doubt Bucky's ever seen the Three's Company, so that would be a nice uh, new. Uh, hey, you maybe that was on the list of uh, Steve Rogers' book that you didn't see that page. <laughs> no, Love Boat was on the list. I don't think uh, Love I don't Boat think was covered. <laughs> I don't know okay. what was on the list. Is it? I know the list changes from kind country of... to country. Is it bad that I was kind of happy that Zemo got his butler to blow up the super soldiers? Mm. I, I I really liked Zemo in this. I think other than the therapist, he was my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, no, they did a really good job of expanding on that character and uh, and letting him breathe yeah. and you know be a, be a person. And like, okay, he's a villain, and but you know the other thing I liked about this is that there was no clear-cut bad guy everybody true was operating probably poorly in a lot of cases but you could find some grain of okay i kind of agree with that point for everybody who is a villain in this it's like i it's a great way of showing that evil is not necessary like good and evil is not black and white there's all those shades of gray so like you may not agree with the way that um the 
super soldiers, whatever their face people were. What were their names again? Flag, Flag smashers. smashers. Flag smashers. You may not agree with their methods, but I kind of agreed with the reason why they felt that they needed to do that. And same with yeah. Zemo. Yep. Like, I don't agree with his methods, but I understand where he was coming from about not wanting super soldiers in the world. So, like, I love that you could kind of see the rationale behind the villains for for all of them. Yeah. I like it when they're on the walking to the plane and Sam's like, so you're rich? He's like, I'm a baron. My family was royalty before your friends came along and destroyed my country. Yeah. I want more Zemo. <laughs> well, so good. Well, we're going to get him. Zemo. Uh, we, we've seen that uh, U.S. agent has been recruited by somebody, like for a Val. team. <laughs> Val, but like for a team. Whoever she of, is. Or, well, maybe not even a team, for an organization, I guess. Is Zemo going to end up as part of that organization or that team? Or is that going to be a separate thing? Zemo was the leader of the Thunderbolts. Yep. In the original version. I um, want Zemo to come back and work with, with uh, Bucky and Falcon again. <laughs> I know it won't happen, but... I like that. <laughs> I, I like, think the Disney Plus shows are setting up two new um, quote-unquote Avengers teams, one being the Dark Avengers. That's where we're going to see U.S. Agent and Zemo again, and the other being the Young Avengers, which is where we're going to see Isaiah's grandson and Wanda's kids and, and, Kate, uh, and Kate, Kate, Kate Bishop and Cassie Lang. They're all going to show up there. So... They're, they are very obviously setting up at least one Avengers spinoff, if not two here. With the Dark who's, Avengers, uh, who's in, in that the, lineup? Cassie, Scott Lang's son, uh, Ant-Man's Ant daughter. daughter. Uh, she is Stature. A, she's a hero with size-changing powers, just like her father. Oh, okay. Who's in the lineup for the Dark Avengers? You now get like this becomes a little bit more difficult than the comics in some ways because they keep killing villains. They still, like, you, I thought I'm, they were going to keep Batroc around. I really wanted Batroc <laughs> to be that B level villain that he is in like the Avengers and <laughs> Spider Man cartoon where he just shows up, like gets the shit kicked out of him, and maybe he's around for an episode or two and then he disappears again to, to, to do crime somewhere else. I think um, I think in the Dark Avengers, besides Zemo and um, Captain or uh, U.S. Agent, uh, I think Abomination could be one of those. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we'll see uh, if we'll get introduced to uh, to Hawkeye's brother in the Hawkeye series. Oh, uh, Swordsman is that who yeah. he is? Yeah, Hawkeye has a brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Swordsman's not who's, Hawkeye's brother. No, not Swordsman, but he has a brother who's also an archer. Because mm. <coughs> he was in that in that Hawkeye run. Wasn't I thought Swordsman was Hawkeye's brother for some reason? No, he was Hawkeye's mentor. Oh, maybe that's why I'm thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do Do you think they crack a deal and get Tim Roth, and we get the Abomination? He's going to be in She Hulk. 
Is that official? Well, yes. I guess is that as official as anything is with these yes. shows? Yes. All right. So he, he's around. Yeah. He's a possibility then. Yeah. It's too bad they haven't, like, who else was in, like, Thunderbolts? Beetle, was right? Beetle. Beetle. And uh, Moon, uh, Moonstone. Yeah. And uh, Songbird. I wonder oh, do we get up I wonder if we I wonder if we get the uh, the other Black Widow that's gonna be in Black Widow, like her sister or whatever she's supposed to be that that we got the action figure of, if she would be like the Black Widow then in a Dark Avengers. Mm. It, it's a possibility, but she might also end up being a Black Widow in like Young Avengers. Like or whatever that version of Young Avengers is, I guess right? It all depends on how old she actually is in these, and what and how the character is portrayed in that movie. Yeah, like by the end of it, is she? Like I've also somebody also uh, proposed that uh, Taskmaster might end up on that team too. Yeah, I was just thinking about Taskmaster as well because we don't know what happens to that character at the end of the movie. Yeah, because that's one thing we don't know in that movie. Is he actually uh, an agent of like a government agent? Has he signed the accords with some, one of the some country? Yeah, like <laughs> Black Widow could be the one that's the, the you know the bad guy, like the the person breaking the rules, right? So well, and where do those do those accords even exist in the timeline of the Black Widow movie yet? I'm pretty <laughs> sure that this movie takes place post Civil War. But we don't know that for certain. <laughs> it's two and a half years later. And we yeah. still don't know. And we'll kudos to them for being able to keep it this much of a secret at this point. Um, before we get off of Marvel stuff, there was one more bit of news that we should have mentioned is that uh, Disney and Sony signed an agreement that the Spider-Man movies can show up on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Um, And that's all the Spider-Man movies. So that means the only holdout from the MCU that's not on Disney Plus is The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Now... Just the Spider-Man movies. It's an overall Sony deal. It it is. Include those. Sony has a deal with Netflix already. And so uh, it's like a... uh, It's like a... First Netflix run. gets first run, yeah. Netflix gets it first, and then once it opens up, Disney Plus can have it too. So um, I think the Spider movies are coming either this summer or this fall to yeah. Disney Plus, with the exception maybe of um, Far From Home or whatever the last one was. The last one was Far From Home, right? It was Homecoming, then Far From Home, and. No, this one's. Yeah. Home Away From Home. Yeah. Sweet yeah. home, sweet sweet Sorry. home, Alabama. <laughs> home sweet home. No place like home. Anyway, so uh, unfortunately, yeah, they can't use any of the spider villains. Sweet home, Alabama, too. Because it, the Dark Avengers were, um, the Dark Avengers in the comics were funded by Norman Osborn, right? Yeah, correct. But you could swap out Osborn for um, for uh, Justin Hammer. Yeah, he's still around. I I'm assuming we see him in Armor Wars. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, cool. 
So we all liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you're listening to this show, you probably do too. <laughs> but uh, we will uh, we will continue to monitor the the progress of the movie and what happens with the MCU characters. But to switch gears a little bit, the last episode of Invincible came out uh, the day of this recording. Well, actually, the day before. But we have all seen it. And wow, that was a good way to end a season, wasn't it? Yeah. Ooh-wee, that yeah. was a bloody one. Yeah. It was so atypical of a superhero story. And that the 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 hero really didn't win. Spoilers. Right? He just sort yeah. of survived. Default. Yeah. Default. Default. It's the been interesting. words in the English language. It's been interesting watching Invincible as a property that I knew of and had read sort of peripheral things about. I was familiar with a couple of the characters, but I wasn't a fan of. I've never read Invincible. I used to read this other image book called Noble Causes, which sometimes used Invincible characters as sort of side stories. Uh, So I was familiar with some of the Invincible characters, specifically Invincible himself and Adam Eve. But, and just being a comics fan for the last 10, 15 years, I was aware of the generalities around the Invincible storyline. Like I knew about, I knew Omni-Man wasn't a good guy from the beginning. So, so that wasn't a shock to me. But what was a shock to me was how good the storytelling was on this show. It was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I can't really add more to it. Uh, I like the changes that they've made for TV. Like, it, um, I, I was having a, a little bit of a Twitter discussion with, uh, waiting our, our good friend waiting over at, uh, post wrestling. And, uh, one of their their many many guest hosts of various things, and Way hadn't read the comic either, but the other guy who hadn't seen the show had read the comic and was curious of how well it translated. I'm like, it feels very much like the comic, and the changes they've made kind of make sense at least from a TV point of view. Mm-hmm. And nothing so far they've changed was boo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was no, no big changes that I disagree with. Um, well, yeah, exactly. I was thinking like, like I haven't read it in in a year plus. Probably the last time I even read an, an Invincible comic, let alone from the beginning. It's been yeah. a while. So rewatching this, it's been kind of like, okay, yeah, this. Oh, this they're doing this now. Then this now is like, oh, okay. I thought this happened later, but okay, I'm not sure. I could be wrong, and it it doesn't feel like anything has been too out of place or disjointed or, you know, like I don't, the few, and to me, it's like the few of the changes that jumped out at me were totally small changes. Like just that, like the fact that his best friend was out from the beginning instead of coming out later. Wait, Um, I haven't got to that part yet. I don't think. Yeah, we but already Brent, had that. Discussion. Brent already, Brent already on the TV show one. we have. Yeah, on the TV show he's out from the beginning. No, I mean, yeah, but I haven't read that part in the comic yet. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know you already gave me shit like two episodes ago for spoiling that on you. 
That's okay. I give French shit every time we watch the show. I'm like, I haven't got to this part yet, so don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting watching it and and feeling like it is like, oh yeah, this is the comic. It doesn't make sense. They haven't done anything to like really change the the core of it. Um, I was surprised at how gory this episode got. Oh my gosh. And like yeah. I know he's trying to teach him a lesson and he's saying like, how their lives don't matter and like just once once they got into Chicago during the fight and like the when he held him in front of the subway and the shot of oh, just yeah, like that was the trains and the bodies like smashing on his face. Oh. For me, oh it was God. when he was trying to save the woman and her her yeah. child from um, the, the building. building that was toppling, and he's holding her hand, yeah. and he's holding her hand, and the building falls over, and he's still holding her hand at the end, but there's no body connected to it. It's just the bloody stump of her arm. It's just her hand. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was brutal. At this point, I uh, hope that uh, the the listeners who did not heed my warning about don't watch this with your children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're fucked now. <laughs> so, I told you. But, so, so seeing an episode I, like I, this and how and what they showed and how they've gone just gives me more hope for the rest of this show knowing some of the things that are yet to happen like Las Vegas. Oh. Yeah. There's a, there's a I right, do not you know, know what, what this about, means, right? but it sounds ominous. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I got to that part yet. No, you haven't, Jen. No, it, it's coming. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a there's a couple things that like um, like I uh, I honestly think it's kind of like a lot of this it, in some ways is like his do over, like Kirkman's do over of stuff he would have done differently had he. Yeah thought about it at the time and not right. in a, not in a bad way at all not in a like not tinkering with it like lucas special edition way no and, for the sake of I, it like just making important changes for television exactly and i uh, read an interview with him where he said you know it's just like it's the same thing he did with walking dead where yeah. uh you know they didn't cut off rick's arm right away like early on right what would have happened in like maybe season two of the show had it happened at the same time as it did in the comic. And I guess in the writer's room, some of the writers, they were like, Oh, they were getting excited. Cause they were, they thought, Oh, we'll get into this. We're getting close to this point. We're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to cut his hand off. It's going to be great. And he had to like, he kind of was like the, the voice of reason. It was like, wait a minute, guys. Um, maybe we don't need to do that. Do you know how hard it is to write around the fact that your main character now has a, you know, is missing a hand. Yeah, because it's not like he ever gets like a replacement, really. No, right? Like, he, no, he's, like especially at that point, because there's nobody to make prosthetics for him. No, so so that's why they kind of ended up holding off on it. Now they did end up doing a bit of that story with with uh, Merle or Earl or whatever the. Um, yeah, the one brother, but uh, it wasn't the same. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see season two. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. And who knows how long it'll take us to see it now, though. It Although I love how they new. set it up at the end. I yes. love how they set it up, where they're like, "What are you going to do now?" And then they like flash to all of these things that are bad that are going to happen. 
and then he's like, I guess I'll just finish high school. I also, I love Alan. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Alan might be one of my favorite characters on the show. He's I, my favorite character in, in the book, for sure. <laughs> I think out of all of these sort of, like, bigger budget animated TV shows and projects, this one might have the best voice cast on Oh, my gosh. Like, in terms of, like, nailing the characters, like, perfectly. J.K. Yeah. Simmons as Omni-Man? Oh, wow. fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially and Sandra this oh as Debbie? Just phenomenal. I, I, I can't remember if I talked about it the last time, but I do like how they changed Debbie's story a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the comic, um, she didn't see any of it coming, and it just kind of happened to her. Mm-hmm. And I like how in this one, they made it so that so she kind of figured it out. She figured it out. And I mean, it was obviously still a, obvious, a horrible, devastating blow. Yeah. But I like that they made her clever enough to read between the lines and know what it's coming. And then that part where she's like, you know, I was so focused on proving that he was the one who killed him. I didn't think about what would happen after. Yeah. And I was like, see, that that's that is I like that as the source of her grief. Instead of, I can't believe I didn't see any of this coming as the source right. of her grief. Right. Yeah, that scene it just when makes they her, come, Yeah. The scene at the end when they come home and uh, and uh, Mark says, Mom, why don't we just get a pizza for dinner? And all she can do is weep. Yeah. That's so yeah. good. And then he goes out with his friends and I'm like, no, don't you leave your mother. Go back there and hug her. But yeah, but he's be still processing I'm... this too. Like, I know. It, like it, it, it seemed very relatable to me how they they pulled it all off. Yeah. I also love the scene where all the friends are like, "Wait, you know he's invincible? Yeah, you know he's invincible." Uh, I really like well, yes. William. This William is adorable. Yeah, <laughs> and like then when Eve, when Eve says, "Well, I guess since you guys know, I might as well tell you, I'm uh, I'm a hero too. I'm I'm Adam Eve and." Uh, Oh, you're the one that can make yourself into multiple people? Like, no, that's multiple girl dummy. Like, I'm the pink duplicate. one. Her name duplicate. is Duplicate. Sorry, duplicate. And he's like, she's like, I'm the pink one. And they both kind of look at it. Oh. Duplicate uh, her brother multiple. Her. <laughs> one of the few fun things news. I like. Yeah. I kind of felt bad for you, though, because... And how come I thought her name was Sam? How come they all call her Eve, even though, like, shouldn't shouldn't uh, William and uh, what's her face call Am- her Amber? Is it Amber? Call her Amber. Call her call her Sam instead of Eve. Well, everybody called her Eve. Yeah. yeah. But I thought that was just her superhero name. I do not know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's just a little minor thing. <laughs> I, I, I was very happy with this. The animation's really good too. Like the uh, Canadian strong. Yeah, uh, I I was I was remarking to Jen during the some of the cityscapes in this last episode. I'm like one of their animators has to be Canadian because just some of the the city stuff. It like it it looked like an Ottawa or Toronto with those. Like what our government buildings kind of look like, as opposed to what most of the U.S.'s government buildings look like. Uh, and, it's um, it, this animation studio is in Vancouver. Yeah, 
uh, Skybound North. Yeah. Because apparently Kirkman has uh, done quite well for himself. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see, like, Jen and I were also talking about what's, what, because the thing with the comic and the, the show did it quite well, too, is there's a lot of, like, subplots going on that eventually pop up into more major storylines yeah. like the, the the Martian invasion that we we've seen hints of yes <laughs> and stuff like that but I'm kind yeah. of curious what doesn't make the cut because the one thing about the comic is is there's like a lot of those going on and I don't know if we'll see all of them oh it gets pretty expansive does it yeah mm. like the um, so far we haven't seen the hint any hints of that uh, in the comics, there's a guy that becomes sort of a like a pivotal plot point due to how it ends. Angel Levy? Uh, yeah. Is that the guy with the, from the multiverse? With the brain. Like, the, the guy yeah, who, can, the, who can jump between universe, the multiverse? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen any hint of him yet. No. And part of me wonders if that's one of the ones they might cut. Like, how... I can see it, like, them moving the end of that storyline into a different character that we've already seen, like a different villain. Mm-hmm. Don't say what the end is. I haven't gotten to it yet. Mm. <laughs> I think you have. No, I haven't. I just started him. Oh, he came okay. back. Oh, okay. <laughs> One All of right. my favorite characters was Robot. Um, oh, yeah. He's a good character. Because I was never quite sure what his motivations are were. And by the end, I think I realized he's just another kid who's who's um, who doesn't quite know how to operate in the world because you know when he hired the um, the clone the, the, the clone the brothers, twins the, yeah, yeah I like that. oh maybe he's a bad guy but I don't think he is he just did what he thought he had to do. And it might not have been the right thing, but it's what he did. So, like, I like that almost all the characters are have that sort of moral ambiguity. Yeah. Uh, now you have to remember, he's not yeah. a kid though. Even though he got his a kid body now, he was a th- he's he was thirty something. Oh, right. Because he said it. He's like he said it himself that he's been living in this bottle or something for like thirty something years or whatever. He built you know that thing he the containment unit he built for himself. Right. He was like thirty some odd year old years old. But again, it's hard for him to have had any kind of socialization when his two forms are test tube and robot. Yeah, yeah. no like- for sure. Exactly. No, he he does not have the the real he is for you know other than you know being metal, he is a robot. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, he's a really uh, interesting character. I like him. And then there's the annoying um, super speed guy um, played by Jason Mantzoukas. Oh, Rexplode. Rex oh, yeah, he explodes Explode. things. He doesn't have super speed. Oh, he doesn't have super speed? No, he just explodes oh. things. Oh, I thought he was yeah. fast. No, it's I, kind of more like a gambit power. He's he he's can... like a guy you love to hate. He's just annoying. Yeah. But, yeah. but also He's a bit a of a lot worse rapist, too, right? Like, she, when it comes down to it, he's the reason, one of the reasons Eve left the team. So. Yeah. 
Lose uh, Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's pig. You know, yeah, but they've even sort of made, like, he even got a little bit of character growth already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, as we saw in the, like, with the, the wiping the blood off, and they're like, hey, you haven't earned it yet. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody forms up with him. And when, it, and like how he reacts when Eve gets there, too. It yeah. wasn't like a trying to get his old girlfriend back. It was definitely a, like, out of concern for somebody he used to have feelings for. Yeah. You know, that's, they, yeah. they, I, I, I'm curious to see where that character goes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Same here. I, I keep waiting for things to happen and I wonder if they will or mm-hmm. not. Mm. So overall, great first season. Um, do we have any word on when we're getting season two? No. That's why I was saying, yeah. who knows when we'll see it. They just announced it today that they renewed it for season two. So I'm assuming they knew season two was kind of going to be a thing. Yeah. Like, like not saying the animation has started, but probably like the scripts are sort of ready to go and shit like that. But yeah, it still has to get animated and sent back here. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Eventually, we will get it, and we will talk about it on a future episode, assuming that uh, the show survives two, three years from now. (laughs) Well, we've been at this for four years now. Why stop? Yeah. Yeah, We'll see. see. (laughs) Brent's making no promises. (laughs) So we end this episode like we end all episodes with our geek picks. Who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? Is nobody going to volunteer to go geek pick first? I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. Wait, who's going now? (laughs) Go ahead, Jen. Uh, (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. Okay, you go Um, first. So I borrowed a movie from a friend. Uh, because I couldn't find it streaming anywhere, and it's uh, a throwback. Because I had a, an itch to watch Contact. Oh, and uh, so I started watching. I haven't finished it. It's a lot. It's an over over two hours long. But uh, uh, anybody else remember watching that movie? Jodie Foster, no. right? Yeah, I remember seeing it. It's the I read one the book where too. With the SETI the research where they get the signal from space and they build the contraption to send her, you know, send to somebody across the universe to meet aliens, maybe? Question mark? I don't think I've seen it. Oh, oh really? Uh, a young it doesn't sound familiar at all. It. Oh, well, you should try watching it sometime. Everybody should. It's really good sci-fi, uh, right? So it's like, yeah, the whole, what if we got a signal? Uh, what what would the signal be? And so here's a little hint. Little, so that when they start figuring out that they've got a signal, first it's uh, just like beats or numbers they realize. And then they keep finding things more and more in the signal. And one of the things they find is one of the first video signals that would have been strong enough to leave Earth and travel out into the you know space which was the opening of the Berlin Winter Ga- uh, Summer Olympics mm. with Hitler uh, announcing mm-hmm. the games open in German. And uh, so they're like, 
they start listening and they hear this audio and they can tell there's a video and they get this picture up and then they're like, oh, there's audio to go with it. And all of a sudden you see like a swastika and Hitler on a podium and they're like, what the hell are these aliens sending us? But they, you know, once again makes to them, you know, they explain it as a way that, well, this is probably just them saying, hey, we've got your recording. We see that you're out there. We're sending it back to you. We have no idea what this means. Yeah. Just a, hey, we see you. Hi. And then it continues. You know, there's a lot of uh, politics and questions about uh, the world and religion and what would happen if we were to find out that, you know, we're not alone. Uh, it's a very interesting movie. If you haven't watched it, you find it and uh, watch it. Contact. Hmm. All right, Excellent. next. I'll go next. <laughs> uh, so I watched the first couple of episodes of Shadow and Bone on Netflix. Oh, is it any good? I, I can't remember if I've watched two or three episodes. Cool. Um, it's it's very good actually. So I think I had Shadow and Bone as one of my geek picks a long time ago. It's based on the novels by Leah uh, Bardugo, I think it's pronounced. Um, and it's about a, it's a, like a, a, a war-torn world. Uh, there is this, uh, they call it the fold. There's this big expanse of shadow and darkness that is crossing this entire country. And inside of it is these horrible monsters and nobody, you can, you can cross it, but it is very dangerous and very difficult. Not many people survive. So there is a legend that uh, amongst the magic users of this world, the Grisha, there is somebody called a sun summoner who can summon light. And she's basically, it's basically a myth. Like nobody has ever heard of this person or or thinks this person exists. And so the the story is about uh, Alina who uh this is a spoiler because it all happens in the first episode uh she is the sun summoner and she uh finds out that she has magic powers and then she's taken away to this new world where they're trying to turn her into the person who can destroy the shadow fold and unite the country that's been split in half by it so um i read these books a long time ago so i honestly i'm watching and i'm like I don't remember this person. So I'm not sure how well they're sticking to the plot of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously there's changes because there's always changes when you do it, but uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. I mean, I know I enjoyed the books. I still have them on my shelf and I've been meaning to reread them, but uh, the show is really, really good. So if you're a, if you're a fan of, uh, of fantasy, (laughs) if you, if you like YA books, um, this one is, it's really nice. It's beautifully done too. Like the sets, the setting's really nice and the, the costumes are very pretty and uh, yeah, they do a really, really good job. So, so to I be highly clear, recommend you're recommending it. the books, not the television series? I recommend both. Oh, okay. <laughs> Read the book and watch the television series. You don't need to do it in that order because as I, well, I don't remember if it's following the book very closely or not, but you know, watch the show and then read the book or vice versa. It's really good. I, I say you should do both. They are excellent. Excellent. Guess that means it's my turn. Yes. Uh, so I signed up for Apple Arcade this week because there was a game I wanted to try, and it is called Star Trek Legends. It's one of those typical mobile 
they call them RPGs. They're not really, you know, you choose your team of heroes and they have stats and they shoot and fight other teams of people. And it's pretty mindless, but it's fun. And my team has Michael Burnham, Worf, Riker, and McCoy on it. So <laughs> I think that's kind of fun. <laughs> and I, I have Bolana Torres as a backup. So, uh, you know, it's silly and fun, and I like it. And I signed up for the one-month free trial of Apple Arcade. I'll probably get rid of it when the month is over. But for now, it's silly, mindless, Star Trek-y fun. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. So for me, I'm going into the world of comic books. My geek pick this week is Shadow Man number one from Valiant. Um, I've been looking forward to this for a while. It was supposed to come out last April, I want to say, but uh, due to the pandemic and Valiant uh, slowing down production on a lot of things, including this book, it got delayed and delayed some more and delayed some more after that. In fact, um, to give you an idea, the editor on this book was uh, Heather Antos, who we had on one of our extra episodes mm-hmm. during the summer. She doesn't even work there anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! She now works. At, um, she now works for IDW. Like she, oh, cool. she's got a new gig, but it's like, and I know, like she worked on a number of issues of this, so it's like she her job on this book will outlive her tenure there in like a weird way like this soon but um it's about uh how to describe it it's a horror based superhero comic um the main character is the the latest in the line of shadowmen who are kind of the um dark protector of us versus the supernatural dead world Mm-hmm. And it's there's not a huge amount going on in the first issue. It's a lot of setup and and reintroducing you to these characters because it's been a while since this book has been out as well. Like or a character with Shadow mm-hmm. Man or a comic with Shadow Man out for a while, but um, it's pretty good. And John Davis Hunt, who absolutely killed it on that uh, Wildstorm book that I loved that Warren Ellis was writing there for a while is doing the art to it and it's just fantastic like the like valiant in like no shade on valiant they get lots of good talent it's written by colin bunn who's also really good but they lucked into getting this guy john davis hunt because eventually marvel or dc is going to lock this guy down for a while he Mm. is that good and that amazing that's awesome that like he's I can easily see him on so many different books from either of those two publishers. I'm kind of surprised DC just kind of let him waltz out after Wildstorm was done. So that's that's my pick, Shadowman number one. And that brings us to the end of this episode. We will return in two weeks with another episode. But before then, you can catch us in like a whole bunch of other places. So let's go around the table. Uh, We'll start with Kevin. So uh, I'm still doing Galaxy Class. Uh, You may have heard our interview a couple of weeks ago with Amanda McBroom, who played Philippa Louvois. 
but is probably best known in entertainment circles for having written the song The Rose by Bette Midler. That was a very fun interview to be a part of. We're still doing that. We're doing Batleth battles on that show. So, uh, yeah, check out Galaxy Class. Uh, the last episode of um, Stage Whispers came out last week, too. And um, we had a fun interview in that show with um, – I'm not even going to try to say her last name. They just call her Steffi D, who is in the Toronto company of Come From Away. Uh, so that was another fun interview. I was not a part of that interview, but Nancy did a great interview with, with her for that uh, on that episode. So, yeah, we're doing all kinds of fun stuff with uh, with podcasting. So, uh, yeah, check those shows out if those topics interest you in the slightest. Ryan, what's going on in your world of podcasting at the moment? Uh, well, you can catch myself and Ed every third Thursday of the month on Tales from the Collectiverse. That'll show up right here in the same feed. Uh, we've been doing some more stuff on Instagram, which you can find us on our Instagram at Tales from uh, yeah, Tales from Collectiverse. Uh, we've been doing some unboxings on there, just some posting photos, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. And we may have some future stuff planned. More to come later. Tease, tease, tease. <laughs> Jen, what's going on with Sailor Snacking? Well, the first season of Sailor Snacking is done. So we have finished uh, season one of the classic 1992 anime Sailor Moon. And we're taking a little short break. We'll probably be back mid-May or end of May. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the first 14 episodes of Sailor Moon Crystal, which is the 2014 reboot of Sailor Moon. Uh, and it's only the first 14 episodes because what they did in 1992 in 46 episodes, they managed to do in 14 in Crystal. So we'll be talking a lot about the differences between the two, um, you know, pros and cons, what we like, what we don't like, uh, that kind of stuff. So that should be coming out uh, towards the end of May, be probably towards the end of May. So, Jen, are there only 14 episodes of Sailor Moon Crystal, or does the show go off in a different direction after that? Uh, there are 14 episodes of Season 1. So what they cover in Season 1 in Classic is what they cover in 14 episodes of Crystal. But then there's ah. Season 2 of the Classic uh, Sailor Moon, and then they I think they do that in another 14 episodes or so of crystal so we're going to kind of alternate back and forth between the two we'll do classic then crystal then classic then crystal and uh yeah i haven't watched all of crystal so this is actually i really uh i'm really enjoying doing it this way because i get a chance to refresh my memory from when i watched it the classic as a teenager and then i get to watch something new that's awesome mm -hmm. and i helped promote it to uh, a girl i went to high school with this week nice <laughs> Because yeah. uh, Netflix is got uh, streaming rights to one of the movies Jen would have to help yes. me with. And, Netflix uh, is going to have uh, Sailor Moon Eternals movie, which is basically Sailor Moon Super S, which is season three of the classic anime. Um, I don't know how they did that in Crystal, though, because I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> but this friend of mine posted it up and a bunch of her friends chimed in on it i'm like hey if you like sailor moon or are curious about getting back into it shameless plug my wife does a podcast about it so Yay. that's awesome oh um, i should also add that um for 
our new season of Sailor Snacking, we have a new producer. So Serena is going to be producing all of our episodes for us. Oh, that's so, great. Thank you, Serena. Yay. Yep. She's yeah. all Ray sent me the first one, and it sounds good. And it means I don't have <laughs> to produce them anymore. Now. Which actually means I'll probably be <laughs> a, a, a better listener of the show instead of just listening for stuff to fix and <laughs> uh, snack breaks and stuff like that. So... I can actually do the sit snack down change with season two, Jen. Have you upped your snacking game? Well, I, not really. Actually, the snacks are getting harder because of the pandemic. And ah. um, it's more difficult for us to get to grocery stores to get stuff. Right. Uh, so we're trying to plan ahead as far as we can. Um, also, we all live in different cities now, so that makes it even more difficult. Uh-huh. Uh, but... <laughs> we're kind of cheating the system a bit because at the end of every episode of Sailor Moon Crystal, it says they have an end card that says "à suivre" in French, which means mm-hmm. to be to be continued. Yeah. And we're like, we could use French snacks now. Look, there's French. So we, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't yet, but we may. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. As for me, this is my main podcast outlet at the moment, but I do make appearances on other podcasts. If uh, you want to give money to uh, the Composers podcast, we've had uh, Alex Kruger from that show on our show a couple times. Um, I appear on a Patreon episode of uh, what I believe is being called Kruger Records, where Alex sits down and asks me about one of my favorite albums, and I yatter on about it for about an hour. So (laughs) there's that, and if you want to hear more about the music that I like, I'm still hosting The Dark Side. We've moved to Mixcloud under Black Donnelly Radio, so look up Black Donnelly Radio, go to Mixcloud. You can stream episodes whenever you want, but new episodes appear every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time time cool and that's it for this week uh we will be back in two weeks with um some stuff something uh bad batch. Talk a little bit something about the bad nerdy. batch what was that something nerdy yeah yes well we have at I least said dirty and i was like oh we're going that way are we jen we'll probably have <laughs> at least uh three episodes of the bad batch to talk about because there's two episodes out next week so or are they the doing first the first episode is a seventy-minute okay. long epic. Oh, so that well, okay, so one slash two. They're yeah, well, there's, there's something on the as far as I know, there's an episode on May the fourth. The seventy-minute one, one is on the fourth, yeah. And then on uh, on Friday as well. Okay, well, that'll definitely be uh, talked about, and uh, some other things. I I know I'm digging into. Uh, I got the new Barry Windsor Smith graphic novel this week, Monsters, which is like 30 years in the making or some such thing. So I'm going to be digging into that cool. over two weeks. So I'm probably going to rant about that a little bit. Um, but in the meantime, I hope you listeners enjoyed this episode, and I hope you're staying safe and as healthy as you can be. Until next week, uh, have a good one. Or two weeks. Bye. Bye. Such a phaser's deception. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. 
If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us.